Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 8 of the Universal Freemason Podcast. I am your host, J.T. Asher. I am also the president and founder of the Universal Freemason Research Society. It's a nonprofit organization where we teach Masonic philosophies in order to help improve society as we help people improve themselves through Masonic philosophies. And as I always say, what is our first duty of this Masonic philosophy podcast, you may ask. And that's right, to give the Tyler the night off. Put away the sword, Brother Tyler, and open the door. Let them all in. This podcast, as I mentioned, is open to everyone who desires to improve themselves using Masonic philosophy. All right, so tough couple of weeks. We've been seeing a lot of uh, cultural change that many of us might not be used to. My opinion is, is, is uh, it's been uh, long overdue. Uh, that coupled with the pandemic, or what I'd like to refer to as the plague, and the plague actually getting worse as we move forward instead of better, uh, where I live in Salt Lake City, we're starting to see peaks. Uh, so it's a pretty unsettling time in that vein. We just barely started reopening things here, and uh, we have our state epidemiologist uh, saying, look, if things don't calm down, we're going to sh- be shutting down again. And uh, so we're all, I'm kind of holding my breath anyway. I don't know about we're all, but to me, I'm holding my breath. I, I uh I hope all of you are finding yourselves to be well uh, mentally and physically as we go through this. I hope this podcast helps just a little bit uh, to take everyone's minds off of what's going on. Of course, that doesn't help that I keep reminding us of what's going on, right? So let's get to what we're going to do in the podcast today. I've been doing some research lately uh, of Albert G. Mackey. Uh, in 1882, he wrote a, a book of essays, basically, uh, called The uh, Symbolism of Freemasonry. And one of the symbolisms of Freemasonry that also stretches into symbolism in uh, uh, Gnosticism um, and all sorts of different religions, almost any religion you can name, is the symbolism of light. Uh, Albert G. Mackey had some pretty profound writings uh, well, actually, I'm going to read a, a paragraph or two from what he wrote about the symbolism of light from his book, The Symbolism of Freemasonry, uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, as, as we cover a couple things, and then after our break, we'll get right to Albert G. Mackey. Uh, you can find Albert G. Mackey's book, The Symbolism of Freemasonry, uh, all over the Internet. Just uh, do a search for Albert G. Mackey, uh, Symbolism of Freemasonry, and you will find in PDF form, free to read, and from many sources, his, his book out there. Uh, having been written in 1882, the copyright for that book is pretty much non-existent at this time, so a lot of people have uh, copied that book and put it online uh, on their organization sites. So a very interesting read if you want to delve into something, uh, get a little clarification of what, or, or actually not really clarification as much as a different viewpoint 
of uh, what these Masonic symbolisms mean to uh, somebody else. Um, I always say a broad view is a good view. So you may hear of uh, what light means in your lodge and somebody else might have a completely different take on it. I think that's healthy. Uh, always uh, get information from several different sources before you make that symbol something that's special to you. And you should also have your own view of what that symbol means to you so that you can use it in your personal life to help yourself along and to navigate your way uh, to make yourself better. Um, you know, when you think of the symbolism of light, you see candles. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? It doesn't have to mean to somebody else exactly what it means to you as long as we're really in, you know, in the same ballpark, right? So... Now that's my viewpoint anyway. Always many different sources before you make up a decision, make a decision on your own of, of what uh, what it means to you. Uh, so we'll read that right after the break. I do want to mention real quick, uh, I'm starting to expand some things a little bit here with the podcast. Uh, I have created uh, a Facebook page uh, called Universal Freemason Podcast. If you have a, a, a Facebook account, uh, just do a search on in the pages on that for Universal Freemason Podcast. And what I'm doing there is I'm actually uh, sharing the link to this podcast there. And I'm also putting the text that I read from on that page. So if you, uh, that will help us communicate too. You can also leave comments in the comment sections and things like that. So I think that might help us communicate a little bit better. Uh, so take a look at that. I'll also be posting some Masonic memes and art and uh, things like that on that page. So it won't just be all podcasts all the time there. There will actually be some interesting things to look at. And I'll also share other people's uh, links as well on that page. Uh, the other thing that I did this past week is I created... a. Uh, an Alexa app um, where it's a skill that you can look in the skills store uh, and it's called um, Universal Freemason Podcast. Uh, wouldn't you know it? Um, look in the skills store for that. And if you enable that skill on your Alexa device and say, Alexa, open Universal Freemason, that's all you have to do. Um, Welcome back to the Universal Freemason See, just like I did, she's listening to me. Now, Alexa, stop. See, that's what you get for having those things in your house. They listen to everything you say. Anyway, that's all you have to say. She will go to the latest episode and play that episode for you. It's that easy. Um, so give that a try. See what you think about that. Let me know. Uh, what else? I think that's all we have as far as news goes today, that's funny that she came on when I was telling you guys about this. That's funny. I didn't plan that. <laughs> but if you'll, uh, yeah, if you enable that skill, it's that easy to get the podcast. Uh, let's see. Well, I think that's all I had to cover as far as newsworthy stuff goes for the podcast and for Universal Freemason Research Society. Let's go ahead and go to our sponsored segment from Anchor Podcast app. Uh, this is the Universal Freemason Podcast. I will be right back. Okay, I'm back. 
Light. So what is light? In a physics standpoint, what is it? How is it produced? Now, the physics hypertextbook explains that light comes from two sources. And what light is, let's back up. What light is, according to hypertextbook, it is, uh, the physics hypertextbook says that light is a transverse electromagnetic wave that can be seen by the typical human. And we already know that's what light is. We see light. We can see it. Now, also, light coming from two sources, um, incandescence, which is the emission of light from hot matter, such as the sun or an incandescent light bulb, where we're, uh, we have basically an electrical short created across a wire in a vacuum. So it doesn't burn out, but it does burn and get hot, right? So the, the higher the wattage, uh, the uh, hotter the light in an incandescent bulb, we know that. We also, light also comes from luminescence, uh, which is when it, uh, which is when excited electrons fall to a lower energy level. And those may not be hot and may not be felt, but definitely can be seen. Uh, such as an LED light bulb, or let's say the uh, belly of a lightning bug. We used to have a lot of fun catching those in Michigan while we went camping. Don't see too many of them in Utah, though. I've never seen any here, but I know they say they exist here, but never seen them. Anyway, so we have those two forms of light, one that can be felt, one that usually isn't felt, both are seen, okay? Um, so when we say we seek more light in Freemasonry, what is it that we're seeking? In a spiritual sense also, what are we seeking? So anyone who goes to churches or synagogues, You'll always find uh, candles burning or a candle burning at all times, especially in a Catholic church. They always have the candle burning on the altar there. Um, it represents um, light conquering darkness. It represents um, the Catholic Savior, Christian Savior. In a synagogue, we, uh, we witness uh, lighting of the menorah. And uh, lighting of a special menorah uh, during the lengthy dark nights in December uh, for Hanukkah. Now, on many spiritual paths, such as Gnosticism, from which much of actually Masonic philosophy derives, light represents knowledge or wisdom. But not necessarily book knowledge. Now, we're talking spiritual not knowing or a sense that we are spiritual beings and the universe is a product of spiritual thought and creation. Uh, it's a classroom, basically, for the human being to discover, again, the spirit world from which Gnosticism says we have come from. But not only Gnosticism says that, a lot of different religions believe that the spirit originates somewhere other than here. And before birth or during gestation or during birth, our, that spirit inhabits the human body and that's our soul. Um, so the, basically Gnosticism and a lot of other religions say that we are souls in a human body that are here to experience and learn things in this classroom so that we can get back to where we came from. So uh, this begs the question, if we know what light is, and we say in a spiritual sense, we use light to 
conquer darkness, then what is darkness, right? Well, let's look at the literal definition of darkness as well. So the Cambridge Dictionary definition of darkness is, quote, the quality of being without light or a situation which there is little or no light. Now, if you think about that also in many spiritual beliefs, darkness is equated with evil or wickedness. In Gnostic beliefs, darkness is the product of ignorance. It's human ignorance. Now, if we reflect on this for a moment, we might surmise that the root of much of what is evil or wicked or wicked in the world is indeed ignorance or lack of knowing or knowledge about a thing. Now, many times in human culture, we have committed heinous acts on cultures other than our own because we didn't understand the other culture. For instance, you know, we have the Salem witch trials that went on uh, where... Um, I guess you would call it the evangelical Christians of that day um, didn't like any kind of different worship other than what they were doing. So, of course, um, they sought to uh, destroy that. Um, we've had, uh, we could talk about the, uh, uh, the Inquisitions. We can talk about um, all sorts of things where we, as one culture, didn't like the other culture. So those cultures set out to destroy, you know, the Mayans had that problem, uh, had that instance with the uh, conquistadors, where there was many, many, many things destroyed by the con conquistadors because there they felt that they were, that the Mayans weren't, were in darkness. So they were going to destroy that culture and they were going to destroy their art. Um, well, we can talk about Nazi Germany and what they did to Jews and Freemasons there um, because they didn't, agree with the culture. They felt they were being overrun by that culture, so they sought to destroy that. So a lot of times out of ignorance is why, that's why ignorance is such a dark and dank thing. It's an evil thing. And Gnosticism says that ignorance is, is what they would consider to be darkness. Now, uh, what if we took time to understand each other? What if we took a moment just to, just from a, our own view to put our own view for aside for a minute and look at another culture and say, okay, and maybe study it, figure it out. Uh, maybe we would take something away from those cultures instead of trying to destroy it just because we don't agree with it. And we can talk about um, dogma in that sense where when you believe you have the truth, um, that uh, keeps us from um, exploring other truths. So then we end up with uh, one-sided thinking, we end up with narrow-mindedness, and we end up with, with that sort of darkness instead of seeking light, which is, which is more truth so, and more wisdom. I'm not saying now that we have to agree with everything that we study or put our own beliefs aside and study and, and grasp somebody else's uh, belief structure. I'm not advocating that at all, but, you know, we can use what we've learned to enhance, um, to enhance our own beliefs. A lot of times what we figure out is, especially when you start to really de delve into um, Egyptian beliefs, 
uh, and Egyptian gods, we find, and, and even Buddhism, if you, if you take any of that, you find that there's so many similarities with Christianity, and especially if you end up studying um, parts of Judaism, you end up understanding that a lot of uh, Christianity, a lot of our cultures, uh, 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 Christian culture comes from uh, a lot of Judaism, Judaism might have, have gotten some of their uh, uh, forms of uh, worship, maybe some of their uh, rituals from Egyptian culture. And knowing, you know, the story goes that Moses was uh, uh, raised by Egyptians and a lot of Judaism uh, comes from books of Moses and the Torah, then, we've, then we understand that Moses knew a lot about Egyptian culture. And I, I have no doubt that a lot of Egyptian culture found its way uh, into Judaism. And as Christianity came along, uh, Christianity took from, from Judaism. Uh, and also, you know, older texts too. Uh, Osiris was uh, is kind of the same story as the Jesus story. So if you really put all those together, you find out that if you just take a moment and just study, read, figure out where all of these philosophies come from, you find out that really they're all pretty much going on the same wavelength. It's all about love and, and peace and harmony. And just different, the names have changed, you know, really is all. The other thing to remember is, uh, as we talk about light and darkness, now remember what, what Manly P. Hall said, and we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes. I think it was episode two or three. And we talked about what Manly P. Hall said about going into the enemy's camp as Freemasons to obtain truth. Um, you know, Freemasons are always seeking more truth. We're seeking more light. Let's read what, uh, what Matthew had to say about light. Um, and this is what he wrote in 1882 in uh, The Symbolism of Freemasonry. Mackey wrote, Light was, in accordance with this old religious sentiment, the great object of attainment in all of the ancient religious mysteries. It was there as it is now. In masonry, made the symbol of truth and knowledge. So what he's saying here is masonry made a symbol of light, uh, truth, and knowledge, a symbol of truth and knowledge. This was always this ancient symbolism, and we must never lose sight of this emblematic meaning. When we are considering the nature and signification of Masonic light, when the candidate makes a demand for light, it is not merely for the material light, which is to remove a physical darkness, that is only the outward form, which conceals the inward symbolism. He craves an intellectual illumination, which will dispel the darkness of mental and moral ignorance and bring to his view as an eyewitness the sublime truths of religion, philosophy, and science, which it is the great design of Freemasonry to teach. In all the ancient systems, this reverence for light as a symbol of truth was predominant. In the mysteries of every nation, the candidate was made to pass during his initiation through scenes of utter darkness, and at length terminated his trials by an admission 
through the splendidly illuminated Asakelum, or sanctuary, where he was said to have attained pure and perfect light, and where he received the necessary instructions which were to invest him with the knowledge of the divine truth which it had been the object of all his labors to gain, and to and the design of the institution into which he had been initiated to bestow. Light, therefore, became synonymous with truth and knowledge, and darkness, as we just mentioned, with falsehood and ignorance. We shall find the symbolism pervading not only the institutions, but the very languages of antiquity. So throughout the ancient times, we've always seen this um, battle, this, this thirst for more light, for more knowledge, to conquer ignorance. And sometimes the ancients, you know, might have had it wrong, just like we have it wrong now. Sometimes we're, we're the ones that are ignorant, and we're the ones that don't have the light. And sometimes other people have the light, and we don't want to see it. But as Freemasons, it's our job, it's our duty to be the light, to show culture, show society the light that we have. Um, you know, we don't, Freemasons are always um, there uh, for charity. We don't gossip. Uh, we don't demean. We hold up for truth and justice. And, and uh, we resist uh, the ideas of, of inequality. We resist the ideas uh, of, of an unjust society. That is a Freemason's way. That is our duty to bestow light on all of those around us at all times. And like I say, there's two ways of light. Is our light felt or is our light just seen? Um, either way we do it, uh, it's, it's there. Let it, let it be so. <laughs> You know, um, others may feel the fervor of our passion about justice and, and inequality and to make sure that inequality is, is, uh, does not uh, pervade or prevail. Um, and others of us are just quietly going about our, our days um, see, with light that can just be seen and not necessarily felt. Okay, well, I went a little long on this episode, so... I hope it's meant something to you. I'm sorry about the rambling, if I did ramble. I uh, do appreciate you listening. As I mentioned, thank you for the 300, people, 300 times that you've listened to this podcast. Well, thank you. Go in peace. So mote it be. This has been the Universal Freemason Podcast.